So by all likelihood, he's going to win his first Oscar. And then he does something like this that not just ruins the night for everyone, especially, by the way, Chris Rock, but also for himself. Like he stepped on that moment for himself. That should be like the pinnacle of an illustrious career in Hollywood to win a fucking Oscar. What you've been wanting since you started acting in movies. You finally got it. And nobody's talking about that. They're talking about the fact that you slapped a comic on live television for telling a joke. What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 204 of the Spun Today podcast. And in this episode, I speak about the slap heard around the world. When Will Smith, during the Oscars of 2022, slapped Chris Rock on stage, live on television. Was it staged? Was it not? We'll get into it all coming up next. And in this episode, I also speak about watching the movie The Tender Bar, which is an Amazon original available now on Amazon. But before we get into all that good stuff, I want to share a quick way that you, dear listener, can help support the Sponsor Day podcast if you so choose. And I hope that you do choose to because I'd really appreciate it. Your support helps me be able to create more episodes, create more content, write more, and do more of what I love. And I really, really appreciate it. Here is a quick way that you can help support the show if you so choose. The Sponsor Day newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to sponsorday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week, so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. The Oscars 2022. Normally, I don't really watch the Oscars. It's not something I necessarily look out for. If I happen to come across it or remember that it's on, I might watch for a while. But this year in particular, I made a mental note and I made a point of wanting to watch it live. Specifically because I thought Will Smith played such an amazing role in the King Richard movie, as I detailed in episode 197 of the Spun Today podcast, if folks wanna go back and listen to my recap and review there. Or alternatively, if you're just interested in that specific recap and review of the King Richard movie, you can check that out on my YouTube channel without having to listen to the entire episode. And I'll link to that specific clip in the episode notes for anyone who's interested. And please feel free to subscribe. Now, most folks listening to this around the time of publication of this episode would have either seen or heard, whether you saw it live or later on on social media, it seems like it's all that's been trending lately. The horrible, egregious, uncondonable, seemingly unhinged, if I was being honest, now viral moment where Will Smith smacked Chris Rock on stage live in front of millions of people. But I do want to recap what happened for posterity. Chris Rock was not hosting this specific Oscars, although I will reference in a bit the 2016 Oscars, which he did host, which the rumor mill believes is where the tension and quote unquote beef between Will Smith and Chris Rock manifested. But Chris was a presenter, you know, throughout the Oscars, you know, aside from like the host or hosts, 
if there are more than one, as there was in this year's. Several presenters go up throughout the event and present for a specific award. They usually have like jokes written for them. Sometimes uh, if it's a comic, you know, they do some crowd work, as you'll see Chris was doing, so on and so forth. And Chris was presenting for the best documentary feature, which was won by Questlove of The Roots, for his Sundance debut, Summer of Soul, which is about the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival. Then Chris comes on stage and this is how he begins. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win! <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it, all right? <laughs> That was, a, that was a nice one. Okay. Now, up until this point, Will is laughing, even at the, like the first joke, saying that um, the other gentleman who's also nominated is wishing that Will wins because his wife is also nominated. So if she loses, he can't win. Will is laughing throughout this point. The, the camera pants to him. And then Chris Rock goes on to make that G.I. Jane joke reference, which for context is based on Jada Pinkett Smith having her head shaved bald and the G.I. Jane was a movie with Demi Moore where she's in the military and shaves her head. So seemingly innocuous joke, in my opinion. And Will at this point, again, camera pants to him and Jada. He's laughing and Jada rolls her eyes, seems a bit upset. The crowd starts groaning and that's where Chris Rock said, what? Come on. That was a good one. You know, saying, you know, that was like a light joke or whatever. And then this happens. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> Will starts walking on stage. Oh, wow. And? Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I could, oh, okay. That was the uh, greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. And for folks just listening to this on audio, by the way, I'll link to this specific video clip in the episode notes in case you want to check it out unedited, which again, I'm sure most folks have already seen this. But again, for the sake of posterity and comprehension or comprehensiveness, rather, it'll be there. So again, it goes from Will laughing at the joke, Jada seeming to be upset, and then Will walking on stage. Then he smacks the shit out of Chris Rock, as Chris says. Um, you know, he's standing there, sees Will walking towards him, kind of laughs. He's like, oh, Richard. You know, King Richard, and you know, he. Th I guess he thinks Will is gonna say something or joke around with him, but smacks him instead. Then Will just turns around, walks back to his seat nonchalantly, and at this point, the crowd is kind of laughing, including myself. Like we thought it was a, a skit. We thought I personally didn't really know what the purpose of the skit was. Like in real time, I'm kind of thinking of like, what is this? What what's the purpose of the skit? Is it like just in case Will loses? They're going to like play this off as being real and then show what a great actor he is somehow live in the moment or, you know what I mean? Like some sort of like performance art type of thing. That's where my mind went instantly. And then when Will goes back to his seat, the audio cuts off from the footage here in the US because there's a, apparently a 15 second lag for live television. And we saw everything up until the slap. And then Will goes back to his seat and the audio cuts off. But you see, at least initially in the live US version, Will kind of yelling at the stage. And then the fact that the audio cut off was like, wait, what's it? It seems like he's like cursing at Chris Rock or, you know, like fighting words back and forth type of thing. And God bless the internet because like instantly I go on my phone and it's like all over the place already, like on Twitter. And people are like, wait, did that just happen? What happened? Is this real? Is it not real? And then 
the Japanese feed apparently did not censor it, did not like drop the audio. And people started circulating that online. And that's where we have the audio from, which you all just listened to and where shit became very much real. Now, there was a quick moment there where, like, I guess the the comic and Chris Rock, at least by my estimation, wanted to just like go in on Will and Jada and just like roast them right there on the spot. Because right after Will tells him, you know, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth for the second time. And he says, I'm, go- I'm going to. OK. And then he like takes a beat and he's like, oof, I could just watch. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. It's like he was like wrestling with that thought right there, with that moment of, do I just fucking eviscerate this guy? As Chris Rock is probably amongst the most well-equipped folks on the planet to do so. You know what I mean? Like comics dealing with hecklers. And as we've seen after the fact, just like the comedy community as a whole, just like piling on <laughs> like the situation there was like there's like millions of jokes like uh, about what chris could have said in the moment just to exacerbate it like saying some wild shit like how about you worry about keeping dudes cocks out your wife's mouth or you know like some shit like that but of course he decided not to he was completely professional the show must go on kept things moving and continued on to present the award for best documentary feature but he was obviously like seemingly flustered and understandably so, right? He just got fucking slapped and embarrassed on live television by someone a lot bigger than him. And he kind of like, you know, stumbled his way through a few more seconds of that. You know, first he said, you know, we're here to present the documentary for, and he was like, uh, the Oscar for best documentary. And uh, let's just show, show the real, show the clip of the nominees, etc. Now, right after this, like I said, Questlove won, who, by the way, supposedly like missed the the slap incident. He was apparently like meditating, practices uh, TM, transcendental meditation, and he was doing so while that all happened. So he missed like the initial like slap or whatever. But he wins, goes on stage. I feel like at this point, like the entire room, including the audience watching at home, were all kind of like tense and on edge. He still gave. A great acceptance speech, heartfelt. Seems to have like a like a medallion on his chain with his father's ashes. In the documentary that he made, which I want to check out by the way, I haven't seen it. Summer of Soul uh, was apparently based on the 1969 Harlem Cultural Festival that his parents took him to as a kid. Then after this, uh, I believe they went to commercial break, and again, God bless the internet. Somebody from like the the bleacher section, I guess, like where all the family sits, family and friends of the Oscars started filming on their cell phone and put it online with what was happening during the commercial break. And apparently Denzel Washington, Bradley Cooper and Tyler Perry pulled Will aside and were trying to like cool him down. At least that's what we saw in in that video footage. Then when the show came back, uh, Diddy took the stage uh, to introduce what was coming up next. And he kind of referenced what what happened and in a pretty good attempt i thought you know live on the spot trying to like diffuse the situation and cut the tension and he says something to the effect of and will and chris you know we're gonna we're gonna handle that we're gonna uh speak about it and deal with it like family on during the after party and you know kind of kept the show rolling in that way oh and i forgot to mention uh lupita nyango's facial expressions throughout what was going on because she was sitting like directly right behind will smith so while the camera was like panning to him and jada she's like right there and at first she's kind of like smiling or like laughing like we all thought in the beginning it was like some sort of skit and then when will starts yelling and cursing her facial expression expression shifts to like oh shit this is real and then goes back to chris rock and then she kind of smiles again she's like wait and is this fake is this what's going on and then when will yells again and she's like, oh, shit, this shit is real. <laughs> and you just like follow up. Her facial expressions are like exactly what most of us were feeling while that was going on. I know it definitely echoed my sentiments. Now, why did this shitty, horrible moment happen? Because that's what it was, right? I don't think anybody condones what Will did. He himself has since apologized, as expected, though. Like a typical publicist written looking, at least in my opinion 
uh, public apology, but I don't think anyone was okay with it in terms of, oh yeah, you know, shit like that should happen all the time or that was the right way to go about dealing with the situation. I don't think anybody believes that. You know, there are people on the side of, well, you shouldn't have been talking shit. But I don't think anyone is like squarely on the side of that was the correct approach that Will took. Now, that said, and circling back to the rumor mill that I referenced earlier and the fact that Chris Rock hosted the Oscars in 2016, let's add a little context to what may or may not have, this is all speculation, what may or may not have been going through Will's mind, Will who's who has spent his career as like the poster boy of composed professionalism, both throughout his rap career, breaking down barriers there, being the first hip hop artist to win a Grammy, to his illustrious movie career in Hollywood, is one of the biggest superstars in the world. And in between that, his career on television, on one of the most successful shows with The Fresh Prince, and always under like a lot of scrutiny, just like shit talking, which is, you know, part of being in the limelight, right? People are always going to hate and, and shit on folks at the quote unquote top. But he was always criticized, you know, in the hip hop world for being too soft, not cursing in his rhymes. He's always criticized as, you know, not being quote unquote black enough. And as we learned through his memoir, Will by Will Smith, which I broke down in episode 201 of the Spun Today podcast. If you guys want to go back and check that out or again, just uh, look for the clip on my YouTube channel, which again, I'll link to in the episode notes. And again, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get clips of episodes as well as related playlists that you may be interested in. But yeah, he's always gotten a lot of shit. Then when it comes to his relationship with Jada and how folks say, you know, they're in an open relationship, which I think they themselves like either confirmed or alluded to in the past, you know, like with the whole entanglement situation and the red table talk discussion that they had. But he's always been labeled as a, a cuck, basically, not basically. <laughs> literally cuck started trending after this situation happened in reference to will smith and cuck for folks that don't know is pretty much a, a dude that's interested in letting other dudes bang their wife and that gets played by their wife and is okay with it etc etc and as he outlined in the book or as i outlined rather in episode 201 of the spontaneity podcast when i broke down his book and it was definitely a central theme in his book is how he's always felt like a coward you know from the point of being a little kid and watching his dad beat up his mom and not doing anything to help his mom and seemingly throughout his career and all these different points that i've outlined with you know folks shitting on him and stuff like that seems like that's something that's just built up like an insecurity within him clearly you know the way he lashed out and it bubbled up and culminated so unfortunately in this moment live at the oscars and Chris Rock took that slap on the chin like a champ, seemingly for everyone who's ever talked shit about Will Smith. <laughs> now, back in 2016, Chris Rock did host the Oscars. And this was during a time where many folks of color were boycotting the Oscars. And Jada Pinkett Smith was a big voice uh, around this. You know, she's always historically just had this... Um, in my opinion, admirable activist vein about her. And, you know, this was uh, during the hashtag Oscar so white situation. And, you know, she was very vocal about it, public about it, asking, you know, black and brown folks to boycott the Oscars, etc. And supposedly, this is rumor, asked Chris Rock not to host it, not to host the Oscars, you know, in like solidarity with that cause of boycotting the Oscars. He apparently declined to do so. If that's true, who knows? But this is what he touched on during the Oscars in 2016. Is she on a TV show? Jada boycotting the Oscars is like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> Jada's mad, her man, Will, was not nominated for concussion. I get it, I get it. Tell the truth, I get it. I get it. You get mad. She said, it's, it's not fair that Will was this good and didn't get nominated. Yeah, you're right. 
It's also not fair that Will was paid 20 million for Wild Wild West, okay? <laughs> now, if the fact that Chris decided to host the Oscars, even though Jada and or Will allegedly asked him not to, if that is what began causing this rift between them or this uh, quote unquote beef, I mean, to that, I would just say, you can't control how other people act or react or, you know, whether they choose to be in solidarity with your particular movement or not, etc. I mean, to be upset about that, if that's true, if that's the case, regardless of how strongly you feel about something and how right you may feel that a specific cause is, who's to say that you're correct, first off? I mean, the audacity and the narcissism in thinking so is a whole conversation to be had in and of itself. But two, who's to say that even if they do agree with your cause or the sentiment behind it, that your specific approach to correcting for it is the right one or is the one that they want to take. Maybe they have a different approach to it. And here's what Chris Rock said in 2016 in closing out that part of his monologue and speaking to the whole Oscar so white situation. No, it's not about boycott anything. It's just we want opportunity. We want the black actors to get the same opportunities as white actors. That's it. Now, to me personally, looking at the situation holistically, I think there's a place for Jada's activist boycotting, let's do this to make a point movement, if you want to call it that, or like approach to the situation. And there's also a place for Chris Rock going in there and from within highlighting that situation. It kind of like reinforces the whole boycotting thing. You know what I mean? It's like a two pronged approach to solving for that situation. And, you know, fast forward over the years and especially now in, in 2022 it was like one of the most diverse audiences for sure that in diverse nominees ever. So that worked. Who's to say, you know, Jada's worked more or Chris Rock's highlighting of the situation worked more or me personally i think it was just a combination of both and it's the way most things get like comprehensively solved right like different voices different points of view different types of solutions coming together and solving for a problem there's no like panacea with shit especially things like this race issues and representation issues and such another reason that you know folks are stating for will lashing out in the way that he did was the fact that Jada apparently has alopecia, which for folks who don't know, alopecia is an autoimmune disease that causes hair loss. Now, apparently, and this is according to Charlemagne, who called Chris Rock the night of to check on him, see if he's okay, etc. Chris Rock had no idea that Jada has alopecia. Me personally, I didn't know either. For folks saying, of course, he should have known or whatever it's like why how like just because she was public about it means that he necessarily ingested that public information you know what i mean like that's that's unreasonable that's unfair and clearly inaccurate like i didn't know and i'm a fan a huge fan of will smith and of jada's for that matter and of chris rocks but folks that are more so on the side of oh i understand why will did it use that fact as the, I'm not sure if justification is the right word for it, but as to the reason why he did it, basically. Which again, I personally don't agree with, but I'll tell you guys uh, how, even in that type of situation, how I, I believe it should have been handled at the end of this. But yeah, even taking that type of logic to the extreme nth degree, if Jada, God forbid, had terminal cancer and you know she was struggling with it, Will being by her side, you know, being her husband knows aspects of her at her most vulnerable as a spouse would. And even then, in my opinion, it would have been wrong to lash out in the way that he did live on public television when the person he's doing it to is literally just doing their job. Comics are going to do what comics do. And at these events, they're going to roast the stars that are there. Everyone knows, or at least in my estimation, is under the understanding that they're fair game. And again, going back and e even in hindsight now, like reading all like the comics, like piling on and stuff like that, and the hilarious memes and shit, which I'm going to share a few at the end of this as well, <laughs> just uh, in the interest of the comedic value of this uh, unfortunate situation. But there's so much worse things that 
could have been said. It was like almost a nothing joke, again, in my opinion. But on the flip side, you can't control how people react to anything. Like if you cut somebody off in the highway, they come alongside of you and start yelling and you flip them off and they decide to ram you off the road and your car falls off a fucking bridge and you and your entire family die. It's like, was that an overreaction by that person? Clearly, of course, but you can't control their reaction to shit. You know what I mean? Some people go from zero to 100 instantly. Some people have gears in between. They have like a a gradient scale in between and it takes more to get them to 100. But again, those things are out of everyone's control. This one take with a grain of salt because I've literally heard like opposite takes on this. I've heard that the joke was written by a joke writer and Chris Rock was just, you know, delivering that joke for that specific that specific joke. And I've also heard the opposite, which was it wasn't even the joke that was written on the tele on the teleprompter. It was just a crowd work off the cuff by Chris Rock. So take that with a grain of salt. After all that happened, Chris Rock declined to press charges, by the way. That was like an official press release by the LAPD, who were obviously made aware of the situation by as we all were. And I believe had to, you know, investigate and ask if folks wanted to press charges. Chris Rock uh, apparently declined to do so. Now, from there on out, after that incident, which wasn't too far off from when the Oscar for Best Actor uh, in a movie w- was presented, which is what Will was nominated for, there wasn't much time. So that it, it's not like that happened in the beginning of the show, and then you know a lot of time passed. So I think it was like less than half an hour, maybe even 15 minutes. I'm not sure, but it was like a short period of time after that incident. It just seemed like the night was ruined for most folks. It seemed like that that's that's where everybody's mind was on that event happening. And also on, I wonder what happens if A, Will doesn't win. <laughs> Is he going to flip out and <laughs> fucking smack somebody else? Or B, if he does win, what the fuck is he going to say? So folks were like at the edge of their seats in that sense. But it does suck, again, that his emotional, unhinged reaction to the situation, like, fucked up the night for everybody, including himself, by the way. This is like, he had never won an Oscar before. It's the pinnacle of his professional movie star career, right? You know, actors, that's like the top of the mountain for actors in in movies to win an Oscar. By all accounts and purposes, he is going to win. You know, he won a a recent, um, I don't think it was the Golden Globes, or maybe it was, but one of the other award shows, which is like a proxy for the Oscars, and whoever wins that usually wins this. So by all likelihood, he's going to win his first Oscar. And then he does something like this that not just ruins the night for everyone, especially, by the way, Chris Rock, but also for himself. Like he stepped on that moment for himself. That should be like the pinnacle of an illustrious career in Hollywood to win a fucking Oscar what you've been wanting since you started acting in movies you finally got it and nobody's talking about that they're talking about the fact that you slapped a comic on live television for telling a joke Amy Schumer I thought did a a decent job of again trying to diffuse and keep things lighthearted. she was one of the hosts and she comes out after the fact and there was like the skit where she was like in a Spider-Man costume and like repelled on stage <laughs> but um she comes out and says oh i was you know in the back getting out of my spider-man costume did anything happen the mood seems to have shifted over here and everybody starts laughing including will which by the way is a whole nother vein people are like how the fuck did he not get like escorted out and fucking arrested for assault etc etc my answer to that is probably just the oscars know that he's gonna win and they wanted to keep the show going since they have said that they don't condone violence etc etc they're going to investigate and possibly take away his oscar which i don't know it's like who gives a fuck if they do or don't he fucking won the oscar right but the fact that he didn't receive like immediate like repercussions after that happened just is like a testament to this make-believe hollywood bubble that they all live in then the moment came where the nominees for best actor were announced and spoiler alert Will Smith won. So now everybody's like, oh shit, what is he going to say? And I was really hoping that he would apologize to Chris Rock in that moment and like man up to to that mistake, but he didn't. 
he began with trying to equate what happened with the slap to Richard Williams, which again was the character he was portraying in the King Richard movie, the father of Venus and Serena Williams, and how he was a fierce protector of his family. And he kind of tried to equate that to what he is for his family, which again ties into the fact that he felt like a coward all his life, couldn't protect his mom growing up, and is now seemingly very much so overcorrecting for the lack of being able to do so in his past. Then he references like art imitating life, kind of jokingly, and states that love will make you do crazy things, which to that piece, I don't know. Like I get the sentiment behind that obvious statement, right? Love makes you do crazy things, protecting your family, et cetera, et cetera. But if it just seemed to me that that was more about somehow protecting his manhood and saving face to his wife, which seemed to be uncomfortable with the joke that he himself was laughing to. It seemed to be more about that than quote unquote love making you do crazy things. And throughout this whole time, he's like tearing up and crying and it's like drawn out because he seems to be like searching for the words that he did, you know, pre-planned to like speak. But because of what happened, everything's like all like jumbled up and shit. Then he goes on to apologize to the academy and saying, you know, I hope they let me come back and apologizing to his peers and definitely didn't not apologize to Chris. Now, another rumor mill thing that I forgot to mention before is that supposedly after that, the 2016 Oscars and stuff like that and jokes that Chris has said on stage about like Will and Jada, etc. Supposedly, Will has in the past confronted Chris Rock about them and asked him to like chill with that and not joke about his wife anymore and like stuff like that. If that's true, I don't know. But if that's true and Chris, you know, knowingly still did that joke or whatever, even though, again, it was an innocuous fucking joke, it's kind of like Chris poking the bear. And again, you can't control how people react to shit. But still, even then, it's like, dude, that's what he fucking does. And you're a mega superstar in the limelight. You're unfortunately comes with the territory. You're fair game for comics and whoever else to like hate and talk shit, et cetera, et cetera. If you do anything publicly, me speaking on this podcast publicly, folks have and will criticize and have different opinions and thoughts and stuff like that. And that's out of my control. You know, that's all fair game. Do you? I'll do me. You do you. And he also, Will did kind of like play the crowd a bit within the speech. He referenced how they as actors and doing what they do have to with criticism all the time and have to have people talk crazy about them and be okay with it and just smile and i feel like that was an attempt to again explain away what he did and kind of get the crowd on his side who again are all folks that are in the public view all the time and dealing with paparazzi and you know both positive and negative criticism with a microscope on them so at least in my opinion that was what he was attempting to do there like relating to them in that way and then at the end of it, he got a standing ovation, which was weird <laughs> given what happened. But, you know, isolating the moment in and of itself and the role that he played in King Richard and the fact that he won the Oscar was definitely well-deserved and made sense. Just that the actions of what occurred before with the whole slab just kind of like shat on everything. You know what I mean? It's just something that definitely shouldn't have happened. Now, the way I think he should have reacted, the way I wish he would have reacted, was first and foremost, just like laughing it off and letting the show continue. That would have been way number one. But given the context of all like the re- possible reasons behind why he reacted the way he reacted and stuff like that, and everyone's, including my own speculation of why he did what he did to like show face and kind of correct or overcorrect in this situation for you know feeling like a coward and not protecting his family etc etc like all that stuff one way that i feel he could have handled it was and still achieved what he felt like he was achieving in this moment with like again defending his family and making a scene and etc was getting up the way he did gone up to chris rock you know whispered in his ear or whatever or told him listen she has alopecia i told you to stop making jokes about stuff like that i want you to apologize to my wife and chris rock knowing chris rock 
probably would have been like, oh shit, my bad. Sorry, Jade, I take that back. My apologies. Will would have went back to his seat. Everybody would have clapped. He would have looked like a fucking hero. He would have showed face. And the show would have went on like normal. That's one way. In an alternate universe, I hope it happened that way. Another way, a bit more dramatic, but just doing the yelling part that he did at the end after the slap. You know, not getting up and going up there and slapping a comic doing his job. You know, yelling out, cursing, being dramatic in that way, as he did after the slap, would have still, again, achieved what I believe were his goals of, you know, showing face for his family, protecting his wife, et cetera, et cetera. Still would have gotten gotten all the wild headlines and attention. Would have definitely, you know, reinforced that, oh shit, don't talk about Jada, fucking Will Smith ain't playing type of fucking aura again without the fucking slap. Now Will Smith did finally apologize online. Again, it would have like held more weight if he did so in the moment while he was on the podium, but it's not nothing, right? And this is what his apology states. Violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. Which again, seems like a sincere apology, albeit one that was likely run through a team of publicists and rewritten, but it's definitely not nothing. You know, something else I was, I was thinking about, referring back to Will's book, he breaks down one of his first movies, uh, Six Degrees of Separation, and how the, the filming of this movie happened while he was on The Fresh Prince. And he was speaking to how deeply he got into that character and how he had to like get into character to the point that he felt he was like in real life fucking in love with uh, the actress that was his like love interest or that he was pursuing in that movie. Which I have heard actors like say shit like that in the past, which, you know, I'm not an actor, I wouldn't understand, but... I'll take their word for it of how it's hard to like check certain characters at the door and sometimes, you know, pieces of them stay with you. And, you know, when you're like a method actor or when you just like take the craft like that seriously, you get like so deep in it that it's certain characters stay like ingrained in you or whatever. And you have to like actively try to undo them becoming like part of your psyche or whatever. So I was thinking about that and how in the King Richard movie, he was like this quote unquote fierce defender of his family and actors being the crazy fucks that they can be. And I mean that with all due respect. <laughs> um, I wonder how much of that type of mentality and taking on the persona of that type of person had to do with this situation, which again, not making excuses for it is just a thought that I had that I wanted to share with you guys. But anyway, on a lighter note, Chris Rock's ticket sales since this situation spiked. So definitely good for Chris Rock in that sense, at least. And on a slightly more cringeworthy note, supposedly Will is after the incident, he, he declined to speak to all press and media and stuff like that because supposedly they're planning on doing an exclusive Red Table Talk show, which is Jada's popular sh show that she has on Facebook called Red Table Talk. And apparently they're going to have an exclusive about this situation and what happened, which I'm sure will be very popular and I would be interested in watching. But at the same time is definitely cringeworthy if that was like this type of immediate calculated thought. But it is what it is. And lastly, on the lightest note, I want to share some of my favorite tweets and comments and memes that have come out of this situation in the interest of comedy. The 
Apologies in advance to Will and Jada. Please don't slap me. We have a cross paths. They're just jokes. And they're not even mine. So <laughs> go slap somebody else. Here's a tweet from Jiggy J2 who said, they're going to be saying Will and Jada relationship goals by 9 a.m. tomorrow. Watch. Quote, if you're not going to slap no nigga for me, I don't want it. End quote. <laughs> That's funny. Then a still shot of the slap itself, which has been coupled with the famous Batman and Robin meme where Batman like slaps Robin and people just you know put like different text on top of it. Um, but this one just has a still shot of the slap and Francis Ngannou, UFC heavyweight champion, posted this. So it's the still shot of the slap and on top of it is someone saying, yeah, but Ngannou has no wrestling and just getting slapped. And that to my fellow UFC fans out there is just a, a criticism of Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champion, always being criticized because he has like no wrestling skills, but literally everybody he touches with his hands just is comatose instantly. So it's like, shut the fuck up. And his wrestling's not that bad. Chito Vera, bantamweight in the UFC, he tweeted about Chris Rock. He said he got a better chin than most people. These is nice of these is Amaro tweeted some of y'all reporting will on the citizen app then andrew goldstein this one was fucking hilarious he posts a picture of i think the best international picture or, or director winner uh, was for a japanese film and the gentleman accepting the oscar had a woman next to him and she was writing down on a pad which i don't it was weird i don't know why i don't i don't get the context there i don't know <laughs> Maybe like hire her to say, hey, write down everything I say so I can read it afterwards. So I remember what I said or I don't know. That wouldn't make sense, right? You could fucking rewatch it. Anyway, he tweeted a picture of him accepting the speech and the lady behind him writing down on the pad. And Andrew Goldstein wrote, well, I think we all know who wrote Rocks or Jada joke. Hilarious. <laughs> this one. Oh, my God. I was dying from this one. <laughs> This is from uh, a tweet from Kevin from NJ1. He wrote, Chris Rock almost got added to the... In <laughs> he goes, Chris Rock almost got added to the In Memoriam highlights at Oscars 2022. <laughs> then Jim Norton, prolific comic, tweets, Will Smith attacked Chris Rock. And then helped us all heal by explaining how tough God's plan for him is. <laughs> Samaril, another great comic, says, Justy Smollett is saying Will Smith hit him too. <laughs> and it was like rapid fire from Samaril. I think he had like 10 tweets and jokes like back to back. He goes, Amazing that you can reach Rock's level as a comedian. And you still play gigs with no security. Ah, <laughs> oh, this one was a burn. This is from at Uncle Scrooge on Twitter. He tweeted Will Smith saying, quote, I did that for us, baby, end quote. And then Jada responding, Tupac would have shot him. Hashtag cuck. <laughs> this one was less on the funny side, but definitely a worth uh, mentioning from the prolific jeff ross at the real jeff ross on instagram he posted i worship chris rock i cried when i saw smith smack him because i was watching my idol live out a comedian's worst nightmare on live television rock should get a nobel peace prize for keeping his hands down and not escalating the situation class act if Jada wasn't feeling the jokes, Smith should have put his arm around her and let Rock finish. Anyway, I also have alopecia. It sucks. But when people make jokes, I laugh because that's life. Jeff. And we have a tweet here from Mark Norman, hilarious comic as well, at Mark Norm on Twitter. He says, thank God Chris Rock didn't take a shot at Alec Baldwin. <laughs> This one was John Leguizamo on his Twitter. He like screenshotted someone else who said things we don't talk about. One, Bruno. Two, Jada. <laughs> Which was funny. And for context, Bruno 
is you know we don't talk about bruno that song from that hit disney movie encanto which john leguizamo played bruno by the way and bruno had a dope first time ever live performance during the oscars which was really cool then which is the internet's really undefeated yo <laughs> there was like instantly a twitter handle created called at chris rocks cheek <laughs> um let me see another one this one i've seen like different iterations of which is like a still frame of the slap and then on top of it the title of chris rocks old tv show everybody hates chris and i've also seen like that in iterations of like the actual song like everybody hates chris like right after the slap and lastly to quote ari shafir on his instagram which is known by the way for fucking just doing off color horrible worst if you want to hear the worst of the worst like jokes like when kobe died he's making fun of him like haha rapist died like type of thing like he goes hard in the paint when it comes to this type of shit and again comics are just gonna pile on the situation so if will and jada didn't want jokes before they like shot themselves in the foot because it's gonna be a lot more uh but ari shafir says he posts uh, like a photoshopped image of like him and jada in bed and <laughs> and he says um if you're losing your hair because your husband is a closeted homosexual and your son is an alien just come to one of my stand-up shows on the new quote i will fuck a bald failure end quote tour and i'll help you get your groove back <laughs> fucking ari and just two more actually this one is from at dad says jokes on instagram he posted chris rock couldn't figure out why will smith was on stage walking his way and then it hit him <laughs> and then lastly from uh lastly for real this time from ed's manifesto underscore on instagram he posted will's walkout and the slap and then cuts to uh joe rogan and john anik reaction to it like the way they they have like that reaction cam in the ufc to the commentators when somebody gets knocked out and they're like oh <laughs> that was hilarious and just to underscore my comment on comics going hard if interested i'll link to it in the episode notes but i'll point you to an episode of the flagrant two podcast with andrew schultz and akash singh titled roast of will smith check it out and listen to the first few minutes of it because it's pretty fucking brilliant definitely check it out unless you're will smith or jada pinkett again and in closing it was a gross unfortunate act that happened it was definitely handled poorly and completely out of character for will do i think it takes away from any of will's accomplishments who he is wisdom from his perspective that he shared in his book that i shared with you all here definitely not of course not i'm personally not a throw the baby out with the bathwater type of person I believe that nobody is who they are in their worst moment. I believe nobody is who they are in their best moment. But I definitely don't agree with how shit was handled. Shout out to Chris Rock. This definitely doesn't make him any less of an accomplished comedian, any less funny. I hope he continues to do what he does in the way that he does it. Because he's absolutely a comedy goat. One of my personal goats when it comes to comedy. I'm very pro free speech especially when it comes to stand-up comedy stand-up comedy i think is an underrated medium in terms of being one of the last bastions of true free speech free expression that we have as a society it can serve as entertainment as a creation of laughter and levity in the darkest moments it can also serve as a mirror to society a mirror to individuals to see and reflect on their actions it can provide insight on how to become the better person that you want to become that you want to be as will referenced in his apology comedy can do that comedy can help do that it can be a tool and aid to doing so with just highlighting the hypocrisy and bullshit in our society so i'll definitely continue being a fan of both will smith and chris rock and hope that will on his end deals with whatever demons and shit he has going on that drove him to that snapping point and it's better for it on the other side. And that was my recap and review of the Oscars 2022. The Tender Bar is an Amazon original film based on a true story 
and based on a memoir by J.R. Moringer. The screenplay was written by William Moynihan, and it was notably directed by George Clooney. Here's the official synopsis. A boy growing up in Long Island seeks out father figures among the patrons at his uncle's bar. It was a really good movie that I, I definitely enjoyed watching. It stars Ben Affleck, which steals the show in my opinion. He was dope in this movie. And he's kind of an underrated actor, I think, Ben Affleck. And that's probably not a popular opinion, but <laughs> he definitely plays that um, when he plays, he, he plays a specific type of character, in my opinion, like that confident, sure of himself, kind of a dick, but doesn't give a fuck and is well-intentioned type of character. You know what I mean? Like he, he, it was a similar type of character in this movie and Goodwill Hunting and, you know, even his Bruce Wayne portrayal, Batman, Argo, etc., etc. I feel like he plays that similar type of role, but he plays it really, really well. Christopher Lloyd is also in this movie. Always great to see Doc Brown. And Ty Sheridan is in this movie. He plays the the main character, JR, the main character after he's grown up because it's kind of a coming of age story. And while I was watching, I was like, where do I know this dude from? And I'm watching the movie, watching the movie, it's going along. And then it finally hits me. It's the dude that plays Wade Watts, the main character of Ready Player One. So the movie's essentially about this kid that's growing up with a single mom who is hardworking but struggling to keep shit together, moves back into her father's house, which is played by Christopher Lloyd. The mom is played by Lily Rabe, who's played a great role as well. And it's where the uncle, which is the mom's brother, played by Ben Affleck, Uncle Charlie, uh, where he lives as well. And the kid's father, played by Max Martini, is a deadbeat dad. He's a disc jockey on the radio, on local radio, and apparently he used to hit the mom, and it's part of the reason why they split up, and he was just a deadbeat dad. But a young boy, being a young boy, you know, always is in search of their father. And whenever he would, he would like sneak away whenever he could to like turn the radio station on to like hear his dad on the radio since he barely had a relationship with him. But whenever the family would be together and the father's voice would happen to come on the radio, like somebody, uh, either Uncle Charlie or the mom uh, would definitely like change the station or like get pissed off. So that's why the kid would like sneak away whenever he could and uh, try to listen to his dad. Uncle Charlie owns a bar that I believe is like nearby or down the block or, or something like that but he owns a bar called the dickens aptly named because he's really into the classics and loves reading and he has like closets full of books and i like this character because he was very direct and supportive of jr the young jr and the older jr but definitely in the beginning we see he tries to fill in the role of that like father figure that male figure in his life like there's a scene in the beginning where it shows the kid you know, tossing a ball in, in the backyard and the uncle pulls him aside later on in the house and he's like, listen, I saw you, I've seen you playing sports and you're not really good at it. Why don't you find another activity that, that you enjoy doing that you might be better at? And that's when the kid tells him that he likes reading and then the, the uncle like introduces him to like all his books and stuff and he says you can take any book you want to read whenever you want and if you read enough of these, maybe one day you can be a writer. That's when that seed gets planted in the kid's head that he himself can be an actual writer. And the uncle tells him that, you know, he can always count on him to be there for him. Um, and that there's two main rules. He'll never let him win. Like whenever they play, you know, any games, like they used to go bowling and, you know, playing any games in general, he said he's never going to let him win. And also he's always going to tell him the truth. So he's like that voice of honesty for the kid as, you know, he's making his way through life. And the mother's claim to fame is that come hell or high water, she's going to make it so that her son can go to law school. And she's like, I have no idea how, but I'm definitely gonna gonna make it happen. And spoiler alert, he makes it to Yale. He goes to Yale. And there, you know, he he goes through school, continues to visit home every chance he got, hang out at the bar with his uncle and his uncle's friends. He always gets like life advice from his uncle advice on girls and there's this one girl in particular named sydney played by brianna middleton who is a rich girl that he's super into 
and she's into him but not as much as he's into her they wind up having like this toxic relationship where she's pretty much using him just to get laid every once in a while then like fuck with his head and he's like head over heels for her and, you know throughout his life he still has this like absentee father that you know he has seen sporadically throughout his life that's always let him down and he tries to eventually pursue a relationship with him but in doing so you know he meets up with his dad and sees how you know he's an alcoholic he invites him to his house and he sees that he has another wife that puts up with all his shit and and he hits her and they have another daughter together and it's kind of a moment where he finally stands up to his father and also comes to terms with the piece of shit that he is winds up calling the cops on him and and standing up for and protecting his new wife what i liked also about the movie is that it made me think of my time working at bars because back in the day i would say from 16 through 20 maybe 21 definitely 16 through 20 i worked at bars slash restaurants two in particular and i worked as a waiter i worked as a bartender i worked as a busboy worked in the kitchen as a dishwasher the whole nine went through the whole gamut but I definitely forged relationships there that I have to this day. And like that, this, the bar scenes definitely reminded me of that, you know, with the, not just the bartender played by Ben Affleck, but like the regulars and the interaction with the folks and how like the regulars and the people that work at the bar kind of hang out outside of there, but also in there, obviously, and how those types of relationships are forged. And it just made me reminisce a little bit about uh, those times. So it was pretty cool. One of the lines that I really appreciated that underscore the whole, you know, romantic storyline of the writer, you know, that goes off to try to do different things, but ultimately chases the dream of becoming a writer. And uh, one of the lines from the movie is that you're a writer when you say you are. I definitely appreciate that sentiment. And at the end of the movie, after all, like his girl trouble and graduating college and he winds up graduating college pretty much to fulfill his mother's life goal dream for him but then is done with that and done with chasing his father's validation and done with the headaches with the girl goes off to really pursue his dream of becoming a writer or you know being a a quote-unquote real writer and in that moment his uncle uh, again played by ben affleck uncle charlie winds up giving him what seems to be his prized possession throughout the the film which was his car at the end and it was a dope moment because that was again like his prized possession and he's always told jr like throughout the movie that you always need a good car and you always need money in your pocket and you know he rationalizes that in like different ways throughout the movie but essentially you know you always have money to take care of yourself money in your pocket and also a car so you can get out of and leave any situation that you're in if you ever need to and in that final Uh, or in those final moments of the movie he winds up giving him his car and it's kind of like uh this will mean more to you now than it does to me even though it means a lot to me (laughs) it's like that type of moment so it's pretty cool i love movies about writers and writing in general so if you're into those kind of movies or just want to watch a cool flick a nice uh coming of age story definitely check it out the tender bar streaming now on amazon And that, folks, was episode 204 of the Spun Today podcast. I appreciate the fuck out of each and every one of you that listened to the show. Please don't forget to rate and review wherever it is that you're listening to it. Hit me up on social media. Let me know what you thought at Spun Today. Unless you didn't like it. In that case, kick rocks. Keep your opinion to yourselves. I kid, I kid. But please do stick around for a couple more minutes so that you can listen to a couple ways that you can help support the Spun Today podcast if you so choose. Thanks again for listening. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. 
also if you're into cycling you can cop the super soft comfortable minimalist design spun today bike club t-shirt also available in a bunch of different colors in all different sizes there are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts definitely go there and check it out spuntoday.com forward slash support it's the merch section where you can also get a dope coffee mug I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other, which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support. Click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page, And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. 
Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy.